Greetings, and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm joined as always by my good buddies, Richard. Hello. And Michael. <laughs> uh, howdy. This is week 10 where I don't point the right direction. Uh, Richard and Michael, they like to debate and deliberate the most ubiquitous aspects of a variety of given topics. And this week around, it's kind of an open-ended one. The Mount Rushmore of Amazing Bargains. Are they amazing bargains or amazing bargains? We shall see when we go out to ask uh, what they are. I just, hope, I, well, I just hope that we act now. Because if we don't yeah, act, act now... now Operators are standing by. <laughs> uh, now, how much would you pay? Is what I'm going to say after everything <laughs> you guys say. <laughs> Don't answer, because there's more. Um, yeah, we should say that I think the biggest bargain, we do this in the middle. We should do this at the top. The biggest bargain out there is the Mount Rushmore podcast. Mm -hmm. it's, it's one easy payment of $0.00. And, zero cents. and um, you get it sent to your door for free. And uh, your credit card will not be charged any additional money. So um, act now. Operators are standing by. Well, why don't we jump in with Richard? What is your first amazing bargain? All right. So my first amazing bargain is uh, my LAFC tickets. Oh, okay. For my Los Angeles football club, my, my beloved soccer team that I follow. Yeah. Um, they, they are, I pay and I'm in the standings. I'm in the supporters section, so that's yeah. like the, the, the end where everyone stands up and goes nuts. Um, I pay about $25 per seat per game for season tickets, oh. which for Los Angeles prices is crazy. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you can't buy these tickets just through going up to the ticket window at day of the game or anything. You have to have season tickets to get these yeah. tickets. Um, I just looked it up for this upcoming game on Saturday. Uh, the cheapest tickets I could find in that supporters section on uh, SeatGeek was $63. Wow. And that, that's including all of the stupid fees that you have to pay and everything else. Wow. So I'm paying less than half price what someone who doesn't have the season tickets would have to pay. Yeah. You only get this ticket. I can guarantee, I don't know how much Dodgers season tickets are going for, but I can pretty much guarantee you it's going to be hard to get a decent seat for $25 a seat for season tickets. What do you, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like that's right? Do you feel like, oh, is this subsidized? Is this coming out of my, my utility tax for living in Los Angeles or something like that? Does well, I'm sure it's coming, it's coming out of my, my buying a beer at the stadium for $15. Oh yeah, tax, yeah, or the twelve dollar hot dog or whatever it is that I'm purchasing. I mean, it's all kind of like get you in. I think it's a little bit of get you in the door. Yeah, when they're going to bleed you. What is not a bargain is the fact that parking at the at the stadium itself fifty five dollars. What? Outrageous. <laughs> but if but if you do purchase your parking ahead of time, it's only $45. Oh, that's it. So that's all. But you yeah. own that parking space for the entire season. You can actually erect a, a, an additional dwelling unit on it. Right? That's true. I can, I can okay. sublet it out through through Airbnb if I wanted okay. to. Okay. So, yeah. But no, I mean, I, I just, for, for the enjoyment that I get out of those games, $25 yeah. a game is 
is is a steal. It, w- it would be literally a steal at twice the price, according yeah. to how much those tickets are going for. And this now is you just- are you are a dad. You're no longer just yes, a, 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 willy, a willy-nilly kid. So it's the value, as you get to be that age and have those responsibilities, value starts to be a main element of enjoyment for things. Like a punch in the face is only a dollar. Keep Give me that punch in the face. Like you, it, whether, whether the attributes of the thing are good or bad or not, sometimes does the... Let me ask you this. Is it good because it's cheap or good because it's good? It's good because it's good. The cheap okay. is... I the cheap is an added benefit. I mean, I would okay. be buying if they told me, "Hey, guess what? Season tickets are going up fifty percent this year." Yeah. I would probably still buy the season tickets. I would grumble yeah. about it and not be as, as as enthusiastic about about it, but I would yeah. go. Yeah. Um, the fact that they happen to be twenty five dollars a game, which yeah. like I, said, I think is an incredible bargain, just happens mm-hmm. to make me feel a little bit happier about it. Yeah. Quick question. Now, uh, as you're in a the supporters section, and right. I know that you um, also participate in some of the like um, musical tomfoolery uh, involved yeah. cheering on your uh, football team. Uh, if you were to try to sell your ticket, is that something that is like prohibited, or is it like, like, is it just is just the going to the game is the baked in cost of it, or or like? Are you like limited in like uh, I can't make it this week because of X Y Z? I gotta want to see if one of my friends or what? Not even a friend. Could you like sell the ticket for sixty three dollars to somebody? You else? know, it's it's generally frowned upon, is what I would say. I, I would say it is. It is. They would have to dress up like you. Is that what yes, is? they would. Also, they would also <laughs> have to drum. disguise. They would also have to drum. All right. <laughs> no. Um, if you, they actually last year did a sweep of people because it's that their ticketing is handled through Ticketmaster, mm-hmm. and they were able to check and see people who were reselling their tickets on Ticketmaster. And if you resold too many of your tickets, like too many times, mm. they were pulling season tickets away from people. Oh wow! So if it's a one-off thing, they're not going to say anything about it. But if it's a constant, like obviously you bought a ticket just to resell it every week and try to make a profit. That's no good. And they're going to, they're going to, like I said, they could take the season ticket away from you. It's part of the big did as part of the language. Hmm. It's supporter. When your status is supporter, does that mean you're rubbing elbows with Steven Spielberg? Like who else is sitting in that, that area? Oh, it's are you all wearing ascots? I wish. No, it's all bums like me. Oh. The, uh, the 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 hoi polloi are uh, are, are in either, either in the sky boxes or in the field level seats. Okay, I do. I, I love the idea of somebody with a monocle just sitting sitting next to Richard, just... drinking a drinking a Michelotto, yeah. <laughs> right? With a with a scarf. <laughs> All right, Michael, what's your first one? Uh, my first choice is sending a single piece of mail. At the oh, wow, uh, at That's the also cost, on, of... also on my list. Oh wow! Oh great! Just like, you know, okay. Over the years, the price of sending a letter or a standard piece of mail has gone up to, I believe, it's now fifty cents or maybe even fifty-five cents. Um, of course, I'm going to do the thing where it's like, I remember when it was a quarter, and I, um, working for a company that did a lot of mail processing, um, I've seen you know the rates go up year after year. They'd add two cents or three cents or whatever to 
the point where it is. But it's amazing that the infrastructure that we've had in place to send mail for less than a dollar for, you know, relatively pennies for an insignificant amount, uh, amount is wild. I mean, to send and receive a letter is just a great thing in general, you know, not so much on like mass mailers and junk mail and all this money that is in theory, I don't know, potentially wasted. Um, now this doesn't speak to the cost of trying to like send a package through like USPS, which is uh, unnecessarily expensive at times, but just sending this that for, you know, a hundred, a couple hundred years, I don't know, how long has a US Postal Service been in? I mean, since the country's inception, longer, you know? I, right. I, Hopkins is about to Here comment comes. loading, comment loading. Uh, sorry. It's, it pre, the, it is claimed in the book, How the Post Office Created America, a history by Winifred Gallagher, that mm, love this. the inexpensive cost of sending uh, documents, letters, uh, pamphlets, screeds, uh, <laughs> uh, manifestos is what created the country. And mm. um, so, so that the cheap, cheap cost of, of communication is what created the um, central idea of what the United States of America could become versus a bunch of colonies that were unrelated to each other, that were jealous of each other and vying for attention from the homeland. So it was that low, low price of postage that made the mail a great place to communicate ideas, to communicate challenges and grumps about being taxed unfairly and all that kind of stuff. So, so it's one of the great things about being an American, I think, as Kevin Costner would say in the movie, The Postman. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but it predates, it is part of colonial uh, America. Yeah. Um, and to kind of tag along with that, the uh, and kind of reference something that Richard almost spoke to, um, the purchase of the like uh, forever stamp and the creation yeah. of the idea for forever, forever stamp uh, is kind of like getting season tickets for the mail. Like you yeah. just buy this roll that costs you, I don't know, now it would be, let's say 20, you know, 20 bucks and you get X amount, you know, 40 stamps. You just get that no matter like the price is baked in, like the price is for you to send the mail is going to be what you purchased that thing for five years ago. I've got a roll of stamps that I know I'm still going through because I yeah. hardly send the mail, but like, I don't think about it. It's a sunk cost. It's, it's the epitome of a bargain. Buy this thing once and then you're off to the races, sending out um, postcards and uh, other things. Look at that. Look at this imagery. Check out our YouTube channel because we've got floating images and advertisements. <laughs> people that aren't sponsoring us. Love it. It worked. It. I, gra it I grabbed worked. a thing and it worked and it, it worked for once. Good job. Yeah. I, what do you think? Do you think there's also something valuable in what makes it feel so valuable because like email, you don't say, man, what a great deal. Or maybe you do depending on later mm -hmm. choices, but like, mm -hmm. is it because you can send such sentimental things, things that mean so much to you? Or is it because long distance phone calls cost so, so much? Do you know what makes, but even that, I mean, value? I remember that when like the cost of a phone call was like prohibitive, like it was X, yeah. you know, it was uh, mm -hmm. X dollars a minute or, you know, 10 cents a minute or whatever mm -hmm. it was. And now it's another thing that I don't even think about. It's just like 
calls are just included in your bundled plan, whether you make phone calls yeah. or not. I know that we kind of live in an age where we're constantly trying to not be on the phone in that way. Yeah. You know, text messages are one thing, but to, I cringe at a phone call coming through oh, still for no, for no reason other yeah. than like, oh, who's calling me? This could have been a text message. <laughs> Richard, why did you choose it? I think many of the same reasons. I mean, it's just, I know for a fact, I know the facts are that mailing a piece, sending a piece of mail in other countries is still prohibitively more expensive, mm -hmm. relatively speaking, than it is here in the United States. I don't have the exact numbers, so I know it's it's like twice as expensive in most most countries to send a piece of mail. And it's just amazing that you you just put it into the mailbox, and somebody comes and picks it up, and somehow it winds up a couple of days later across somewhere across the country. Mm -hmm. It's just the, the process behind how that, the efficiency that has to take place. And I know that we all make fun of the post office for being inefficient and mm -hmm. losing items and all that kind of stuff. But the fact that for however many cents a stamp is nowadays, you can get this one piece of mail from your location here in Los Angeles to you at, you know, Jeff Hopkins in Orlando, Florida, it'll take two, three days to get there. That's he might crazy. Have, he might he might have to fish it out of an alligator's mouth, depending on how right. the is set up. I don't know. Well, I, yeah, I assume that's how most mailboxes are in Florida. They're just <laughs> Submerged in swamp, in swamp land. Well, that's one thing that actually makes me, um, it, it is, it is also, uh, money you're paying for first amendment, right? Because also every advertiser, the finger hut catalog and, <laughs> and every, every dumb catalog can come through the same platform too. And it's something I almost wish I, if I paid a little bit more, could you keep all the other crap out of the way? Like Google's G, G, Gmail's figure out how to get the spam out. <laughs> you know, is there, is there a way that the U S mail could do that? But I guess it's the first, the first amendment in action. Um, so Michael, I only see one for you and we're almost going into halftime. So do you do, do your second or does Richard do his third? Okay. You do the second. Well, you just mentioned it, uh, Gmail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and whatever the powers that be that 30, 40 years ago kind of figured out that email is like at no, co no cost to the end user. And I know that probably yeah. isn't always the case um, with some platforms, but uh, I remember getting my uh, Gmail account and uh, I, it was at the time when you had to get uh, a referral from like a friend, like you had to get like oh, a wow. code to sign up for it. It was forever ago. It was like 2004, mm -hmm. but I can't think of another tool that I had used for communication and interaction with my friends more than, you know, you know, other than uh, going to the bar after a kickball game, mm -hmm. but in use of this tremendous uh, tool to set up all that kickball stuff, to communicate with, people to go on to like the gmail uh chat messenger just this thing that never i never got charged for it had this weird unlimited storage that exists to this day for the most part i mean i don't think i'm ever gonna uh go through that and then all the little things that are kind of bundled with it whether it's like their uh google documents thing or sheets or their google photos thing um and all kind of stemmed from just like like this free email program and like, I just think it's 
something that I think we take so much for granted, like this amazing communication tool that it's funny that I rarely use these days. Like I used to be on Gmail and in Google chat and like mm-hmm. that was the first thing I logged into because there was so much information and so much communication that was coming through it. Uh, now it's like a, this old, um, I don't know. It's like this thing that just collects advertisements from Verizon or the zoo yeah. wanting me to set up membership again, or like the emails that I use are so perfunctory. So like business oriented now, it used to be just like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> I don't know, just hanging out where everything was just filtered through that. And the mm-hmm. fact that it was free, that I've never paid anything for, that the worst thing that ever happened is like every once in a while, some sort of ad would pop up that I've never clicked on. Uh, what a, what a, what a bargain. Yeah. We used to, I, I, we, we ran kickball leagues essentially through Gmail chat. And what's fascinating about that is I, it is the storage aspect of it. I can go through and I can yeah, do a search yeah. for, for, hey, I can think to myself, you know, what was that thing that Michael and I did, this stunt <laughs> that we did for the ninjas 15 years ago, or this certain controversy that came up, kickball controversy that came up? What was that all about? And I can just type in a couple of search words and get the entire, like, chat message history and be immediately transported back to, like, when all this was taking place. Yeah. It's wild. That is interesting. I, I, for that price too, every once in a while, I feel like typing, like starting an email to somebody and say, hey, wouldn't you like to buy the new Ford Probe car? You know, or something something that Gmail is just drooling to read, you know, or something, something that right. the analytics are just... Uh, but yeah, it does... Does that... That's interesting too, because the, what you're paying... You were paying for it with a currency you just didn't know was even real yet, like your user data. So we were always paying for it. We just didn't know that that had any value whatsoever. So, but so it feels like a bargain. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Half time. Yeah. I'm going to repeat what I said at the beginning. The biggest bargain in the world is the Mount Rushmore podcast. I mean, all those other podcasts out there charging exorbitant fees uh, for listening once. And they're out there uh, cracking down on multiple users on the same account for, I know like Joe Rogan, um, NPR, all of these big podcasters are trying to uh, um, muscle out the account shares. You know, we don't do that. You can have one Mount Rushmore account you can share it with your friends, with your family, with current girlfriends, ex-girlfriends, anything you want. So uh, don't worry yes, about that. Don't, ever share with, don't share it with Joe Rogan, though. That's one thing. No. Yeah. No. That guy he's can gonna, pay for it himself. Yeah, he's got enough money. Uh, so, Richard, what is your third? Uh, my third choice is the Bargain Circus in Los Angeles, the much late lamented, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys... Jeffy, it may have been before your time. Oh. Michael, I don't know if you ever went to it. It was on La Brea and Willoughby. I have no clue what you're talking about. The bargain. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was 
No, this is like These a huge people... clown nose thing, isn't it? That we just, I, <laughs> post yeah, COVID, just... I can't even imagine what's going on here. Nothing but clown noses. I'm going to uh... send you a picture of it. I want to put this on. And maybe you can put this on. Well, here's okay. a Facebook story. Um, and it was basically just this huge, it was like it done up like a like a barn almost. And it it was just the most random variety store you could possibly imagine. Oh, oh, it's not an entertainment. It's not a circus. No, it's a circus of oh. values, is what it was. <laughs> no. Okay. It had, it was just, it was a a 99 cent store before there was a 99 cent store, but its scope was so much broader than what the 99 cent store had to offer. Wow. I mean, if, did you want a men's blazer? They had it there for probably 25 bucks. Did you want a violin? Did you want <laughs> eggs? Did you want Russian caviar? Did you want Cheez-Its? They had all of these things and more. And it was just, there was no organization to anything. You just sort of walked in and were overwhelmed. It was like walking into a hoarder's house or something like that, except you could buy all the stuff that was there. Wow. It was, it was an amazing way to just go in and wander around and spend an afternoon and just see like, huh, a bicycle for 30 bucks. Hmm. That's strange. Huh, and right next to it, Shasta. Mm hmm that's weird that they would be right next to each other. Oh, well, and you would just go through. And the ironic part is it got shut down, I think in like 1999, somewhere around there. They, they closed, there was just a, I think it was a, a, a dispute with a landlord over money, probably. That's mm -hmm. how these stories end. And you know what went in in its place? A 99 cent store. Ah. The 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 sad corporate version of, of of this place and i don't know i think a lot of cities had their kind of bargain warehouse discount store this one the fact that it was just it was clown base <laughs> made it especially weird um but yeah you could just wander in there and there would be like this facebook message says you know a quarter milk Wafer cookies, a lava lamp, women's lingerie. Yeah. All things are available in this store. And it was just like, and it, and it changed like seemingly every week. It was just whatever, whatever seemingly fell off of the back of the truck that week. Like a floating market. What they would have. Yeah. And it was wild. And it was a great place to go and just, you know, if you're walking around La Brea Avenue on a Saturday afternoon, mm -hmm. just pop in and, and, be amazed at all of the different deals that were there. <laughs> so it's definitely for me part of one of those things that's part of a certain era of Los Angeles that I'm often nostalgic for because things have become so corporate and homogenized and LA kind of looks and feels a very specific way now that a place like the Bargain Circus wouldn't just would stick out like a sore thumb. It can't exist today. It's almost like the Times Square of LA where it's there's too much tawdry. Yes. Tawdry, yeah. Yes. The same way that I get upset when there's now that Hollywood Boulevard, when, when it was, 
I miss Hollywood Boulevard when you really felt like you were going to get stabbed walking from <laughs> Hollywood From Frolic Room 1 to Frolic Room 2 was a a, a fraught adventure. <laughs> and the La Brea Bargain Circus certainly uh, certainly fits into that category for me. Not that you felt like you would get stabbed there, but just yeah. the, 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 the weirdness of it. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles is significantly less weird than it was 20, 30 years ago. And I, I yeah. Almost seems like there was a Tom Waits Los Angeles that isn't around anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Winfield, what's your third? Uh, My third choice is the BevMo One Cent Wine Sale. Oh, wow. Now, I love the idea of just paying an extra penny for a second bottle of whatever mediocre wine that you're getting. (laughs) It's never the best wine, but if it's only an extra penny... That that fifteen dollar bottle of wine, hmm, that's only seven fifty now. Really, if you think about it, <laughs> once you get down to things, when you add them on for a penny, I'm uh, I love it. I mean, I can't. It, it's it's great. You can stock up on things that are just kind of okay. That you're yeah. never going to be like, ah, I'm writing a home about this bottle of wine. It's like, uh, how was the wine? Yeah, you know, it's it's fine. I love <laughs> wine. There's another one that's also just fine, and it cost me. One cent. That's a bargain for me. I love it. And like, um, there's always like that, um, uh, that feeling that some sort of expectation that you're going to walk in, you're just going to like, you're really going to take them to take them to, you know, take them down. Yeah. You're really going to find that real special. They know what they're doing. They know they're getting the stuff that, um, they're having, they're having trouble selling. This is the way that they're moving, they're moving merchandise. Uh, but it's never like stuff that's, um, like seven you know like a like a cheap bottle of wine it's always like this kind of uh kind of uh higher low-end stuff so uh but i just uh that's my jam if there's ever like the one cent wine sales like or maybe it's two cents now i don't know hold on Mm -hmm. now i'm calling everything into question either way two two cents would be that's out of your price range that's it forget it i can't pay extra three buck chuck like no it's two bucks Two buck chuck, not three buck chuck. Do you feel like when there's a spill, when there's a at Bevmo, when they let's say a, like there's a spill around the the one cent wine sale, they they don't use water, they use one cent wine to clean to clean it up. Like they use its own. There's nothing cheaper than one cent wine. It seems like. Uh, yeah. Is it? Um, I, you know, that, that almost feels like there's a lot of these categories that are about happiness like mm-hmm. uh, athletics and sports and things like that kind of Richard seems like happiness for me, a wine a bottle of wine is a bottle of just fun <laughs> and, and happiness, whether it's delicious or not. I, I don't even know. I'm not good enough to know, but, but are we getting to the point that money can buy you happiness? I don't know. Oh, sure. It can. Yeah, absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. Easy peasy. Any question about that. Four glasses of it at least. Yeah, Art, exactly. uh, uh, what's your fourth and final one, Richard? All right, my fourth and final one. Um, let's go with the amazing bargains, the quote, the finger quotes, amazing bargains. Okay. Um, Michael and I went, attended a uh, Founders Cup World Kickball Championship several years ago, uh, where there was a group. Oh, this is the margarita thing. <laughs> yes, have I told this story? I think I've heard it through the lens, but 
This is a good story, folks. Good story incoming, folks. Okay. And there was a Groupon for a uh, all-you-can-drink margaritas for like two hours or three hours or yeah. something like that at the bar at the Flamingo, which was the host hotel. And somebody got hold wind of this, and it spread like wildfire through the the kickball gossip world. And so Michael and I bought them. And we went to like, when we first checked in, we went to the to the bar and it was a shit show. It was just, people were waiting like 15, 20 minutes to get their margaritas. It was super packed. And I think Michael and I just looked at it and said, like, you know what? Why don't we come back and get our margaritas after the tournament is over? That seems like that's a good plan. Hmm. Boy. Hmm. <sighs> the problem with that plan is that I got very drunk that night, that day, and then sobered up. And friends, if you ever got done got done day drinking and then sobered up and then tried to drink again, that's where your body says, what are you doing? <laughs> you fucking idiot. What are you trying to put me through? And there was, we went after we got back from the tournament and there was like nobody at the bar. It was like our little group plus like, I think Doug and Monica, a couple of our friends were there, maybe a couple of other people. And the margaritas were like from these, like, like a Slurpee machine. And one of those like like margarita Slurpee machines. Yeah. And they were giving you cups that were like these like eight ounce plastic cups. So you would get it, drink it within 10 minutes. There's practically no actual alcohol in the margarita. Yeah. You go back up and have to get another one and then have to get another one. You're spending more time ordering the damn margarita than you are drinking the margarita. Yeah. So the, our, our, I think we wound up getting like two margaritas and saying, you know what? I'm tired. I think it's time yeah. just to go to bed. And so our, we wound up paying twelve fifty each for these eight ounce watered down margaritas. Mm -hmm. Not good planning on our part, but certainly not an amazing bargain either. The frozen margarita is, uh, it's a race that you have. Brain freeze versus alcohol poisoning. Yes. 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 Yeah. And you're going for alcohol poisoning, but you get what you get is brain freeze over and over again. That's what and what you get is mediocre tasting margarita. Yeah. There's just nothing that comes out of a Slurpee machine is going to be better than a Slurpee. Yeah. That's the that's that's the best thing you could get out of a Slurpee mm -hmm. machine is an actual Slurpee. Mm -hmm. A frozen margarita is a step down from there. Yeah. Was uh, was anybody accomplishing it? getting hammered off of it i with i don't know i i feel like that there were people who had been who had when, when we first got there like the, the opening day yeah i feel like there are people who must have been there since like the bar opened yeah I, which i don't know the bars even open or closed in las vegas but they must have been there for hours at that point and fully taking yeah. advantage of all three hours of their of their free mm -hmm. margaritas. I know who didn't enjoy the Groupon with the three hours of free margaritas. That was the people who worked there. Nothing <laughs> about that was an amazing bargain for them. <laughs> These poor guys with like, you know, half slosh kickballers coming up to them. Okay, I got a wristband. Give me another margarita. <laughs> and don't make it so weak. <laughs> Must have just been. And you know, most of these a-holes weren't tipping Every time they got a new one. 
Yeah. But you should do because you're tipping for their their effort and their effort doesn't diminish just because you got a group on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you know most of these people weren't, so they were probably making less money than they would on a typical day for twice as much work. That's who I really felt sorry for. Yeah. I feel like there's a Harold Hill or Lionel Hutz type monorail salesman guy who's, who who just dropped off the frozen margarita machine and says, I'll see you, friend. <laughs> He's out. <laughs> watch, that, watch that money come. You know, margarita machine. Margarita machine. More like a money <laughs> machine. <laughs> All right, Michael, what's the last one? Uh, my last choice is Disney+. Plus. Oh, wow. Now, yeah. uh, I don't subscribe to a ton of different streaming services. I do the thing where someone else has kind of subscribed to it and mm. I use that. But that's not mm. a bargain. That's, that's something that someone else is paying for. But for the one that I actually do use, it is used so constantly and it has such a depth of uh, content and things that I want to watch and that Emily wants to watch and my five-year-old wants to watch that paying like $7 a month is totally like such a bargain for what you're getting yeah. especially when disney used to have this huge habit of like releasing their video there's their movies for oh, yeah a limited amount of time and then it went back in the disney vault whatever the hell, yeah. whatever the hell that meant where they'd be like okay you can watch pinocchio but only if you buy it within like these three months and then we're not selling it for another six years so yeah. they they had this whole business plan of like creating a want or an, a scarcity and a, a scarcity yeah they're creating their own scarcity now it's like oh my god everything is there it's just everything that every movie every disney movie you want to see is there even the ones that you don't particularly want to see are there like i you know listen i don't need to see like patio whoever and the little people i don't like their stuff from the like 1950s and 60s like <laughs> oh, fuck off i'm never gonna watch it my kid's never gonna watch it he's all he's yeah. trying to he's trying to get into avatar and i'm trying to you know t t tether him in a little bit but like the fact that i can go back and watch every episode of the simpsons um well almost everyone and that they're broadcast um with all the little bits and pieces that were edited out of like the uh, uh, syndication. Mm -hmm. So watching episodes of The Simpsons that has an extra minute or two of things that I haven't seen since I was 11, 12, 13, and knowing 90% of an episode yet seeing 10% more is such a wild like thrill to be like, oh my God, I've never seen this joke. I've seen this episode. I know everything about it, but I've never seen this joke. I think we've talked about this before. But that's just like the one aspect of it. The fact that they have all this new Star Wars content. They have all this new Marvel stuff that comes out. They have all this stuff. And like, I don't know, I pay it once a month and I don't even think about it. Or I pay a mm -hmm. yearly fee and I don't think about it. I mean, uh, I, I think what is also a bargain is that they don't do that thing that like HBO does. Where they like remove things. Right. They're just, they just keep adding stuff on there. There's nothing that I'm like, oh, how come I can't? Nope, still there. Okay. All right. Well, that's fine. And then you go to HBO and you're like, I really looking forward to this thing that I saw last month. It's like, well, I'm sorry. We've removed it. Why? What, what, yeah. why, what are well, you doing? Server space, Michael. HBO only has so much, has only has <laughs> so much room on their uh, external hard drive. <laughs> I guess so. 
I guess it's on loan. I think they do that when it's on loan. Because I'll see some, um, I'll see some Disney stuff every once in a while out on uh, Netflix or somewhere, you know. Uh, and I guess they they loan it out. But mm. but yeah, I t- I totally agree. And I'm almost to the ex- even farther past the value moniker or marker to the um, to the guilt marker because there's a whole tile on Disney Plus called National Geographic that I look at and go like they sent some schmuck out in into a desert and he lived under a sand dune for a year to try to get a fennec fox walking from the left side of the frame to the right side of the frame and uh holy shit I try to start I try to watch that Nat Geo stuff and I just get so tired after a while that like no I'm gonna watch Captain America for the 20th time but yeah, it is such it is such a value. Uh, what I think they're able to do, and I know the question wasn't wasn't um, how can they do it, but um, you know HBO doesn't have a Warner Brothers theme park to send you advertisers to. You know, uh, um, Netflix doesn't have a Netflix store at, at every mall in the United States. I think Disney does such a good job of using leveraging user data especially on their mobile platforms, know where you are, (laughs) what you like, what you're doing, um, that uh, it could be free. It could be free (laughs) because they're mining so much information. Yeah, what's what's your definition of free? Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're paying for it. So let's go with um, what a a great thing. Thank you, Michael and Richard, for responding to this silly um, suggestion. But let's go with sending a piece of mail because who, United States, Go United States and, and post and post USA. Off. Yeah. USA. Um, let's go uh, LAFC because um, I hear this football thing is pretty good. They have it overseas, but they're trying to get it to work over here. Uh, let's go Gmail because I am nostalgic for even just a little bit of uh, kickball fun times that I kind of got in on the tail end of it. And um, let's well, go. He talks about tail end, Richard. This guy was around like it was the video, the video magnet. Of <laughs> That's <Yeah. video> kickball. <laughs> that, those were fun. Those were fun. <laughs> uh, and I'd never heard of it before, so thank you for hipping me to this thing, La, La Brea Circus. It seems like where Tim Burton would just write screenplays that the front of that. Just like look around and be like, I can do a screenplay on the first three things I see when I walk. Yeah, yeah. the bicycle, the circus, Pee-wee. This has been the Mount Rushmore of amazing bargains. Again, always the most amazing bargain is this podcast. Thank you for those who have purchased it and take advantage of it. And thanks for those who are sharing it. I'm always Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 